0: Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture and the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! <music> I remember I was asked the Lord, Well, what is it? I, what does He wants us to learn? And I just heard in my spirit Him say, People of worship. I'm looking for people of worship. I'm looking for a group of people that are worshipers. I'm looking for people of worship. And immediately I thought about John chapter 4. If you're taking notes, you can put the top people of worship. <clears throat> I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Most of you are familiar with this story. And that's okay because it's, there's no harm in becoming re-familiar. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but there's been times where You know, I've tried to open the Bible and want to read. I'm like, oh, I already know know the origin of this story or this book. You know, I've read the background on why the author wrote this. I don't even want to read it. But a lot of times if we get past our flesh, get past ourselves, and read, read, a lot of times you're going to see something you you miss the first time or miss the second time or miss the third time. Or better yet, a lot of times the Lord, the Holy Spirit will just highlight. I don't know about you, but I'm more of a visual person. A lot of times as I'm reading, a picture plays in my head, you know, and there's just one word that, that that my mind begins to hang on one word. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about it this way or or never thought about it that way. So keep that in mind as we read John chapter four, uh, start with verse one in the Passion Translation. The, um, Soon the news reached the Jewish religious leaders known as the Pharisees that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John. Although Jesus didn't baptize, but had his disciples baptize the people. Sorry, I probably should have told you. I'm going all the way to 24. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. And he had to pass through uh, Samaritan territory. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of uh, Sychar, near the near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? I'm going to pause right there just for a minute. I don't know about you, but a lot of times this is this is the, the kid in me, the big kid in me. But a lot of times I get a little, I'm like, God. How come you didn't describe how the people said things? Because I've learned, I've learned as a husband that you can say something, but it's it's the how, all right? And we know as people, you know, you can say whatever, but it's the how you say it. So me, my my imagination is like, you know, we we read it, and you know, the Samaritan woman, you know, she's like, why would a Jewish man ask Samaritan for a drink of water? We think, oh, why wouldn't you? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking she's like. Why woulda? Why, why are you asking a Samaritan woman for so long? Now, I'm not saying she said it like that, but in my imagination, in Lindsay translation, she, you know, shaking the head like, "What? why are you talking to me? You know, I'm trying to get my water. So <laughs> I just had to throw it when I was reading this last night and this morning. I was like, all right. Yeah. That, OK. So I'm not saying it's like that. but just, In my head, that's the way it's going but verse 10, please. (laughs) Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give, you you would ask me for a drink, and I would give to you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep, so where do you find this living water? (laughs) Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jane? Now, at this point, you know she's cocking the head. She's... Do you really think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. Somebody say forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. Her tone changed if you didn't know. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. Oh, here we go. She said, but I'm not married. The woman answered and Jesus said, that's true. For you have been married five times, and now you're living with the man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman said, you must be a prophet. Verse 20, so tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain? But you people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right. Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't, re- don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. Verse 23 and 24, I want you to pay attention to this. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. So I love this. Now I want to, uh, uh, if you don't know what's going on, obviously Samaritans and Jews were kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys. Have you ever heard that phrase, Hatfields and McCoys? Had this long-standing feud. Jews and Samaritans in in this day had a long-standing feud because Jews viewed Samaritans as half-breeds. A lot of times Samaritans were a combination of multiple races and the Jews viewed them as half-breeds or viewed them as lesser than. And because the Samaritans knew the Jews viewed them lesser than, they viewed the Jews lesser than. You know, instead of, you know, it wasn't enough for the Samaritans to be like, oh, you know, you look at us less, oh, you look at me less, oh, I look at you lesser than. You know, they would, they would bow back. And so the fact that, Um, This Jewish teacher who just happens to be God in the flesh is talking to the Samaritan woman Her mind is blown because he's already defined the odds. He's already breaking the man-made rules He's already breaking the the unheard or the the um, unnotarized rules and In verse 23 and 24 what we just read. I want to read verse 23 in the mirror translation the end of an era has arrived the future is here Whatever prophetic values were expressed, this is Jesus talking. Whatever uh, prophetic values were expressed in eternal devotion, forms and rituals are now eclipsed in true spirit worship. I'm gonna say that one more time. The end of an era has arrived. Jesus was the end of all uh, of of the Mosaic law of us trying to till of us trying to do this and do that in order for God to respond. Jesus uh, Jesus was the end of that era. And also the future is here. He is the future. Whatever prophetic values were expressed in eternal devotions, forms and rituals. So forms and rituals are now eclipsed, can now be summed up in true spirit worship from within, face to face with the Father, acknowledging our genesis in him. This is his delight. The Father's desire is the worshiper. The Father's desire is the worshiper more than the worship. Verse 24, God is spirit and not a holy mountain or a sacred city with uh, with made shrines. Return to your source. The father is our true fountainhead. But I love that because the author describes um, Jesus describes true worship as face to face with the father acknowledging our genesis in him. That's why one of the songs we sung today was Abba. Abba, that's Hebrew for father. Abba, father. God, you're our father. We are our, our origin. We said it last week. Uh, we said it on Reformation Sunday as well. But our origin is found in Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that he knew us before the foundations of the world. Not just, oh, I, I, not, when I say knew, it's not just knowing somebody's name. It's not just knowing of somebody. We all know of somebody. But there's a difference between knowing of somebody and knowing somebody. You know, I can, I, there's a difference between me saying I know Aletha Melton uh, or know of Aletha Melton. I know her because she's my mother. We have that relationship. So therefore, that, that, that takes out the word of, and I can say I know. And the Bible says that God knew you. He didn't know of you. He knew you. Yes. Knew knew, of your, knew your existence. Knew the details of your life. Jesus. Knew it. So, our, so Jesus describes true worship as face-to-face with the Father, acknowledging our genesis in him. It's, it's ironic, but Jesus never described true worship as a song. I know, and, I, and I, I was guilty of it. I made the mistake this morning. For the last couple Sundays, I've, I've tried my best to say, you know, now we're going to engage in worship by singing a song. I like to make that clarification whenever I open up. But worship is not eclipsed in a song. Worship is not just a song. Praise God. I, I don't know if you knew that, but if you, if you didn't, I just hopefully just set you free from some stuff. But understand this in the, the, the Greek word for worship in this context. It's pronounced, uh, it's it's called proskunau. Uh, proskunau. Proskunau. And proskunau, it means this. It means to bow. It means to kiss. It means to serve. And it means to worship. All those four is, to, is uh, summed up into this word. And it is, it's interesting because... Within, within now it's broken up into several different words, but the, the word pro means to or towards, and the kunau means to kiss. And that word even kunau derives from a word that means joint participation, communion, association, and partnership. So Lindsay, what's all this have to do with that? I said all that to say this, that true worship is face-to-face. Amen. True worship is about closeness. You know, like uh, for a husband and a wife to kiss, they have to be close. You know, our parents say, you know, blow me a kiss, you know, but that's not really a kiss. It's just something we do to make ourselves feel like, well, blow me a kiss. But a true kiss, when a parent, when a father kisses his son or daughter, it's, it's close up. When a mother kisses her son or daughter, it's close up. When a husband or, kisses his wife or wife kisses her, it's close. It's closeness. And according to the text, that's worship, that closeness, that interaction, that joint partnership, communion. So when Jesus is saying there's going to be a day where we have true worship, there's going to be a day where we have that closeness. And he was prophesying, he was foreshadowing or foretelling about what he was going to do on the cross and how his sacrifice has made, it's paved the way for us to get close. It's paved the way for us to go into the the holy of holies and talk to God, let him know what's going on walk with him as he walks with us it's he's he's bridged the gap in order for us to allow him to walk with us as he walks with us and and talk with us as we talk with him and tell us about who we truly are and tell us who our origin is we don't realize how powerful that song is but I i remember when we was practicing earlier I told Miranda I said, before we sing it, let me look up the right chords, cause I want to do it justice. And we had this little joke. I I couldn't think of the, the actual name of the song and she couldn't think of the name of the song. So I just typed in the words. I was like, okay, here it is. And then I was like, wait, 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 that's not it. So I looked at I found the right song and and you know, we all know it as and he walks with me and talks, tells me I am his own. But you know, the name of that song is called The Garden. And I was like, The Garden. And we both laugh and i was like, well, I get it, you know, because in Genesis in the garden, he walked with Adam and he talked with Adam in the cool of the day. And you know what? The whole purpose of Jesus was to restore what we lost. The whole purpose, because uh, because God desired that he loved walking in the cool of the day with Adam, talking with him, having that closeness. And when Adam and Eve fell and caused all man to fall, guess what? God still desired that. He still longed for it. You know how much he longed for it? He longed for it to the point that he sent his only son to bridge that gap. That way, every morning, you could get up and you can talk with God. And he can talk back. You can walk with him as he walks with you and hold your hand as he holds your hand. That closeness, that's what true worship is all about. And listen, today's going to be very short, very brief, because I just going straight to the point, but true worship, if you don't get anything today, true worship is face to face. It's all about closeness. Somebody say closeness. Closeness. And listen, when Jesus said, this is the, this is the people that the father desires. This is the people, this is the type of person God desires you to be, to be close with him. Fred Haman wrote a song just to be close to you. And I used to love singing that. And, and I remember back when we was in Bristol, one of the other uh, worship leaders, he was singing. I just felt I felt uh, blessed to play it. And it wasn't until a few years later. I'm, I don't know what, you know, the, the way life is going. and We all have those ups and downs. And I'm and I'm thinking about that song. And I remember just out of my spirit. This 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 different narrative popped up out of my spirit, which was I bet you that's what God's desire is for us. And it wasn't like a pity or wasn't anything to make me prideful, because if that's the case, uh, you know, that would be that would be an accurate statement. But the devil couldn't pop that question at me because then it just the reason I knew it wasn't from the devil is because my heart became more and more in love with God. When I thought about, oh, man, God, you've seen that over. you seen that about me. And I remember thinking, God, like all these imperfections I have or all or my hangerness or my impatientness or or these things that I do that don't measure up according to the world standard. But still, you you seem just to be close with me. Hallelujah. That, that God, that's your desire. That's that's your desire for all mankind. That's that's his desire for the person you see in the mirror Jeez. is to be close. Yes. And here's the thing. The closeness, it's a two-way street. He's already did the work to achieve closeness with us. It's a two-way street because it's a relationship. Relationship and friendships require equal partners. It requires multiple partners. It can't just, it can't just be uh, lopsided or one-sided. Our prayers are a dialogue. They're not a monologue. God. Our relationship with God is a dialogue. It's, it's jointed. It's joint participation, not just one-sided. And a lot of times we make it one-sided. We make it one-sided when we, when we just go to God with our list of complaints. We make it one-sided when we go to God with our list of wishes, Amen. our change in our pocket, ready to activate the coat machine God. And when we do that, we make it one-sided. We make, we make, uh, we make the focus on only what God can do for us versus just God being with us. Just we make it. We only focus on what God can do for us instead of uh, just to focus on God being with us. To be a person of worship means spending our days growing closer and closer to God. I know this is going to hurt because it hurts me. But every day we grow older. I know. Miranda looked at me. She's like, "Why you gotta do that, bro?" <laughs> In fact, uh, you know, from the from the start of the service, you know, the service started at uh, ten. You know, uh, when we get ready to go to lunch, you will, you know, be a couple hours older, hour and 45 minutes older than you were when you got in here. I'm sorry to tell you that, but as time time kits on, thank you, that's right. As time kits on, you grow older. Watch this. As the days grow more and more, the same should be our closeness to the Lord. Amen. Just as we grow older, we should be growing closer. And it's not like we're having to jump through hoots to get closer. It's not like God is far away and he's having to make up the distance as well. No, no, no. God, God is where God has always been. He's always, it's, it's us. It's on our, it's on our side of the relationship. But growing closer and closer to God looks like every day the grip on your heart by the world, by people's opinions, by your mistakes and your insecurities, the, that grip becoming less and less. So when I say we should be growing closer to God, really what that means is the grip that everything in your life has on your heart, that grip getting less and less. Less less. We said it last week, when the world has none of you and God has all of you, that's when the renewal process can happen. When the world has none of you and God has all of you. So as we grow closer, as we're getting closer, the grip that the world has on us should be getting further and further away. The mistakes that i meditate on or the people's opinions that i meditate on those should be getting further and further away as i get closer to god see you 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 can't bring those with you you can't you can't focus on your mistakes and you can't focus on your insecurities while you're trying to focus on god it's it's either or it's either you leave them at the altar, you give them to God and, and focus on him, or you say, okay, God, and I know what you did, but these insecurities, these mistakes, these, what people say about me, what people think about me, these, they're, they're up here. And at times, we're guilty of placing them on the shelf when we should be putting God first, mm-hmm. when we should be putting God first. Growing closer and closer to God looks like communion with the Almighty. That's why communion is so powerful. It's an intimate, it's an intimate thing that's taking place. It's a reminder of the intimate transaction that happened. Jesus, for our sins, giving us life. Communion. True worship. So, yes, we there's different forms of worship. Obviously, one of the forms that we we do the most is by singing. But that's not just it. That's why I like to say at the beginning of service, we're gonna, we're gonna now we're gonna worship by singing. Because in the past, growing up, when, you know, I always assumed worship is, you know, singing a song and and falling on the floor and just laying out and just laying. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but that's not all. That's, that's, that's just a taste. That's just a glimpse. Amen. True worship is having that closeness, that face-to-face interaction, that moment to where you can be like, okay, God. True worship looks like when you wake up in the morning, okay, God, today is Monday. Or, oh, Lord, I know... Thank you for waking me up this morning. There's sometimes I get so busy when I wake up, a lot of times I'll feel that reminder. I'm like, you know what, God, I haven't even told you good morning. I'm sorry. Good morning, God. Jeez. I know you already know what's ahead of me, but still, let me, let, me, let me backtrack and start this thing proper again. Good morning. Lord, good morning. I remember yesterday morning, get ready to go to work. First week on the on the job, doing all this, and I was stressed. And uh, even Kelsey was like, "You're gonna do great. You're gonna do great." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm not gonna do great." And I'm driving. I'm dreading as I'm driving. I don't give me that look. It's gonna get better. I promise. <laughs> She's like, "Come with you. You better speak faith. Don't worry. I'm about to. I'm about to get to the faith part." <laughs> so you can't go to church with your mama. Okay? No joke. I'm joking. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because uh, back when we were youth pastors, I used to tell all the ju- I used to tell all the stories on my family and parents and sister and cousin, all these different things. Because you know y'all weren't in the room and you know, we were far away. But now I'm like, I, now when I get ready to tell a story, I think, mm, wait, 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 let's let's think of another story. <laughs> let's scan the room and make sure this person that was in the story wasn't in there that I could cooperate. Okay, we don't need none of that. <laughs> But I remember as I'm driving, I think uh, right after I passed, um, I still call it My Grocery, but it's Gorski's Deli, just shows how old I am, I still call it My Grocery. And right before I get to Westover, I remember just saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know what today's going to be like, but you know what, good morning, good morning, and thank you, for, thank you for waking me up this morning, Thank Lord, thank you that I have a vehicle, thank you that I have a job, Lord, I don't know how much, I don't know what's going to happen today, thank you that I have kids, thank you that they are taking care of and I just begin to thank you for all the things that I had currently. Like, I, I didn't know what was waiting for me, and, I, and the, the anxiety that I had, it was, trust me, my mind was still reminding me of it. My heart was still reminding me of it, but I was having to choose to set it down, put it down, and say, okay, Lord, this closeness, let me, let me get back close with you. Let, let, me, let me remind myself who, uh, how close you really are. You're so close that I can tell you good morning. You're so close that I can thank you for providing for my kids or providing for my family or providing, uh, you're You're that close. And you know what? The day actually panned out really good. The day actually panned out really good. It wasn't anything I did, but it was just it was the it was the fruit of that closeness. It's the fruit of that closeness. Now, I'm not saying that. uh, Listen here. It's easy for us as human beings to make a formula out of everything. I'm not saying that the moment that you worship God, rainbows are going to pop in the sky, unicorns going to pop out. And and you get lucky charms all day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and not gain a pound. Not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, when you worship God, when you when you when you bridge that gap and get close with Him, you invite Him in, like the song says, to to walk with you, to talk to you. You know, I had this revelation to to even answer that. I had this revelation months ago, that the will of God, all the will of God, simply is it's. Uh, back when we lived in Ormond, I remember I would come home, and Kenan, he would run. You know, both Kenan and Kellen. And uh, Kellen give me a hug and go back to playing. Keenan would give me a hug and he would latch onto my leg. He latch onto it, and uh, Kelsey would be like, "Get off, get off!" And I'm like, "I loved it because all right, now we're gonna go." And I would just go around, you know, hobbling and all this. And he's he's got a hold. And if you've ever had Keenan get a hold of you, he he loves hard. Let's just say that he loves and grips hard. Like if he don't play sports, I don't like I, I don't know. I guess he could be a superhero because he's got strength. But uh, so like I couldn't shake him off. So each every room I would go into, he was with me. So, of course, that meant if I went into the kitchen, he got to get a snack because daddy's getting a snack. He's latched on to daddy, you know, Uh, but that's what the will of God looks like to the point that we are that we are that closeness, that we are that we have that firm grip upon God, that whatever season he's in, we get to benefit. But also whatever season we're in, he's with us. So that means that anxiety that I was facing with work because I bridged the gap, because I invited him into uh, that closeness fellowship with me. Guess what? He came into that that anxious situation as well. And where the, whatever room he comes into instantly is going to become better, yeah. instantly is going to transform. But also whatever he's doing, because we're locked in with him. We benefit as well. So if he's blessed because we're locked in with him, guess what we're going to receive as well. If he's healing because we we hold it on tight, he's, we're going to receive healing as well. And that's what that's what Jesus said. The father desires that just like Kenan would lock onto my leg. He desires that that closeness, that 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 bowing, that serving, that intimate, that intimacy. I remember when I was looking up the word and I saw that worship in the Greek, that word had also meant to kiss. Instantly, I talk about the the joke that, you know, goes around the church with the the song How He Loves, you know, the two different versions, the unforeseen kiss. And, you know, uh, we'll just leave it at that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, you know what? That writer, that writer was on to it. Maybe he had researched as well and saw that worship meant to kiss. And not saying that we're going to come in on Sunday mornings and we're going to kiss God. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. we're not that weird. All right, we're not that weird. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm one of those, I remember going to church, uh, I won't name it, but I remember we went to church one time and we would go to church with people and uh, a few of them would be like, Daddy God, Daddy God. And I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like, Bruh. hey God, all right, y- yes, you're my Abba Father. I ain't, uh, I just have to, no, no, no. And some people, they, 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 At the end of the day, you have to, your relationship has to be your relationship. Can't be anybody else's. Can't be a copy, carbon copy of anybody else's. Can't copy somebody else's relationship and paste it into your own. And I know that's one of our temptations is to copy somebody's walk with God and paste it into our own walk. Because we, because the reason we do that is because we're comparing when we shouldn't be. But growing closer and closer to God looks like communion with the Almighty. So here's an application. How do we grow closer and closer to God? How do we grow closer and closer to God? Simple application. It's the simplest thing ever, but also it has so much depth when we break it down. But here's how we grow closer and closer to God. Here's how we bridge that gap. It's by simply just leaning on him. Leaning on him, and when I wrote that down, I thought about the song Granny was singing as a kid. Leaning on everlasting arms, leaning. I used to love that. Used to love that. Used to love that. Even when Granny was tired, I'd be bad. I'm like leaning on everlasting arms, leaning. And, and listen, I would I would get upset if I if I got to play the piano because I'm like that's, I mean that's cool we get bebop on the piano but I wanted to play the drums on I want to boom boom bop, do 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 pop uh, and then we get to the bridge lean it on do, do and that so that was the only good part on the piano the other part was, I was okay but when we got to the bridge I'm like all right now we turn it up do 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 So I wrote that. I thought about that. But simply, that's how we get closer to God is by leaning on. And it's funny because originally I wrote leaning into God. And there's actually a difference. There's a difference between leaning in and leaning on. And I'm about to explain it because naturally, naturally what we do, we lean into God. when really, we should be leaning on to God. You know, I'm not going to make anybody come up here. But if you were to lean into somebody, literally all it means is to be standing straight and you're and you're mildly. You're mildly applying the pressure, mildly applying the weight of your body towards that person. The reason I say mildly is because if they were to move, you can still sustain yourself and still stand up. But see, when you trust fall, and lean, I ain't about to trust fall, I get nervous. But when you, when you lean on somebody, you apply all of your weight onto them to the point that if they were to move, you're going down. Gravity is having a party while bringing you down. And as Jesus followers, we should not be leaning into him. We should be leaning on him. Because, see, when you lean physically on someone or something, you are shifting all the weight of your body and resting it on them. And if they leave then or life happens, what are we going to do when life happens? I, 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 you know, I remember as a kid, I think it's only happened a handful of times, but whenever I would go get checkups, you know, they, uh, if you've, you've ever been to the doctor, I'm pretty sure everybody in the room has been to the doctor at some point in their life doing a checkup and they check your weight. You know, in my mind, uh, or not even in my mind, I, like, when they say, so, okay, let's uh, have you step on the scale, I automatically kick my shoes off. And uh, I remember as a kid, there's a few places, there's a few doctor's office where like, uh, I remember we went to Vanderbilt one time and they needed to start fresh. So they said, okay, uh, if you'll just have your son uh, take all the way down to just a shirt and shorts. And I was like, oh, I was like, shirt and shorts, what is this? And uh, when, the doc- when the nurse explained, well, we just want his true weight. We want, you know, no, nothing in his pockets, no, no shoes, not the weight of the jeans and all this other stuff, just, just shirts. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And that's always stuck with me. And whenever I go to the doctor, I, like, subconsciously, so I hope that they're, I'm just like, okay, listen, this is a true test. If you're a real doctor, you're going to ask me to take my shoes off. They're like, all right, just get on the scale. I'm like, they're not a real doctor. She's not a real nurse. She didn't ask me to take my shoes off. She don't want the proper weight, so I take them off anyway. I'm like, I'm going ma- I'm to a, I'm a guarantee it's going to be close enough, all right? was real, I, I'd get down to shirt and shorts if I had to just to get that true weight. But you didn't ask me. How dare you call yourself a, You know, I'm going to call the board. We're going to get that license removed. I think all these things in my mind, all right? So whenever I go to the doctor, last time I went to the doctor, I asked for my weight, she uh, she just hopped on the scale. I said, I'm going to take my shoes off. And I'm like, let's into. Didn't even ask me to take my shoes off. <laughs> How dare they not get that true weight, all right? (laughs) How dare they not get that true weight? (laughs) But the reason I say that is because there's a difference, you know, with uh, whenever you uh, get your weight and you still fully clothed, have the stuff in your pocket. Therefore, the scale is picking up everything else that you're bringing with you. But if you can take all that apart, then what the scale is going to pick up is truly just who you are from head to toe, ears, eyes, nose, uh, all just everything, shoulders, elbow, knees. I mean, if there's a little weight in your ankles, it's going to pick it up. All right. Because there's nothing else attached to that. And listen, we should be willing to give God our true weight, our true weight. That's who God really. I heard a minister say, God cannot bless. God cannot heal. God cannot transform who we pretend to be. So we can pretend to be somebody or we can say, okay, God, this is my truest self. I give to you to, re- to, to mold into your image. These are my true thoughts, Lord, whether they're pure or impure. These, these are the thoughts I truly have. And A lot of times we like to give God the, the, the more polished, the more filtered, the more clean, the, the cleaner, the thoughts, the, we like to give God, okay, well, the, the more pressed jeans and just more metaphorically speaking. But we like to give God the, 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 ref, the finer things of ourselves. Well, God is just saying, I want all of you. Mm-hmm. I want that true weight. God. And in fact, the cool thing is like when it comes to going to God, like we don't have to strip off those things. He will do them for us if we let him. Mm-hmm. He will do them for us. One of, of, (laughs) this is a common thing, I guess I should get on a shirt, but one of my favorite worship songs, another one of my favorite worship songs, the chorus literally says, rid me of myself, I belong to you. And you know, the song, it's a great song, but right when we get to that, I just, I, I, I resonate with that. God, rid me of myself. Because when I say that, I'm saying, okay, God, the things that I know that aren't right, getting rid of those, I'm not putting that responsibility on me, I'm putting it on you. Rid me of myself cleans me of myself true uh, so growing closer and closer to God looks like the grip of the, the every day like the grip that the world and people's opinions and mistakes have on our heart we have those things have to become less and less how do we grow closer to God is by simply leaning on him naturally as human beings we lean on our hurt Jesus. we make our, we make our hurt a crutch or it becomes part of the foundation that the house that we're building on but it's not concrete, it's sand. We, uh, naturally as human beings, we lean on our hurt, we lean on uh, our past mistakes, sometimes we lean on our victories way too much, sometimes we lean on our jobs, sometimes we lean on regrets, or fantasies, or the wants, hopes, and desires, or sometimes we lean on inadequate substitutes. Jesus. We lean on inadequate substitutes. What does that mean, inadequate substitute? It means something that you are subbing for a source that can't fulfill, that can't, that can't compute. <laughs> They can't complete the task. See, listen, uh, if if we rely on people on this side of eternity to completely bring us joy, we'll be empty every time. We'll be empty every time. You know, if you, I don't know if you knew this, I sound like dad now, but when you fill your car up with gas, it's not completely full of gas. It's It's not pure gasoline. It has ethanol mixed in with it. It has additives mixed in with it. No matter how hard you try, you can shh until, you know, I don't know about, you, if you're like me, you know, you uh, I also I judge a gas station if it has the, on the pump where you can just, you know, let it go on its own. There's some gas stations that taking that little slot out the, of out the little handle, so you gotta hold it. I'm like, ah, it's not a true gas station. It's not a true one, all right? I got a lot of tests that guarantee whether these, stick with me, you go places. <laughs> But you know, like it, it doesn't matter. You can you can uh, uh, you can hold that lever and you know flip the switch to where like when a, when it fills up the car, like it'll kick it off and you'll you'll be good. You you can if you like me, you try to squeeze a few more cents, uh, a few more pennies in to to even it out. Ah, uh, you know I think I get another dollar in. Pop, pop. Oh, we're almost there. You spend fifteen minutes. Pop. <laughs> I prepaid ten dollars. Pop. We had eight fifty eight. Well, we got. Come on, car. Yesterday, I was at the gas station. I, I prepaid for its amount of dollars, and it like stopped at 7. I was like, oh, no, no, uh-uh. I got a route to ride. <laughs> pop, I'm, uh, I'm out there. Pop, pop. And finally, I gave up. I was like, all right, I will go back in and get my change. <laughs> gas like oozing out on the side. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Take a little paper towel. <laughs> Wiped it off and said, all right, yeah, I probably should go inside before I start a fire." <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like that <laughs> The things I do by myself <laughs> but I remember you know like even though i the car told me that it was full still, it was not completely full of true gasoline because it had additives mixed in with it you know, the moment you can, uh, even if you rely on freedom from anybody on this side of eternity, you rely on people to give you true freedom or you rely on people to give you true joy or true repentance or true reconciliation, you will be empty every time. Why? Because people on this side of eternity are not equipped to do that. People on this side of eternity are not equipped to do the only thing that God uh, is meant to do or not the only thing God is meant to do. But people aren't equipped to do what God is meant to do in our lives. People are people, and God is God. Amen. We have to remember that. People are people, and God is God. doesn't does mean that, uh, that we don't hold people accountable. No, no, no. It just means that we don't set ourselves up for disappointment. Amen. It just means that, okay, I know, I know who this person is, and I know who my God is. I'm not going to let this person treat me that way, but at the same time, I'm going to also know that, okay, God is my source. Jesus said that there's coming a day where God desires people to, to be true worshipers, and that means have that closeness with him, but also to know who their origin is, to know where they come from. We come from heaven. Praise God. We come from heaven. We come from heaven. Let that, let that resonate in you. We come from heaven. Well, Lindsay, I, I was born, no, 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 no. Your identity is found in Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. The closeness that God desires is where you and I lean and trust and really depend on him. The closeness that God desires is when we trust and lean and really depend on him, when we give our full weight, the full weight of our life, the full weight of our life, whether it's good or bad, whether it's great days or bad days, whether it's uh, okay days or whatever. He wants all of it. He wants the full. He can handle it. He can handle it. It's, it's, it's nothing to him. It's nothing to him. The, the earth is his footstool. But, let, think about that. Think about that. We uh, at mom's house, you know, uh, we have this like this little ottoman or whatever that you can put the blankets in. But if you if you bring it close enough, you put your foot on, put your feet on and just kick back. The earth is God's footstool. He props his feet on it. It's nothing. The issues that we have going on in our life, it's nothing for him. He doesn't break a sweat over it. He doesn't break a sweat over it. We sweat trying to make a way out of no way. Amen. We sweat trying to uh, unravel our own insecurities. We sweat trying to unravel our own self-mechanisms or our own defense mechanisms. Or we sweat trying to defend our own selves. But God doesn't. God doesn't. And he said the closest that he desires is when we put out the full weight of who we are, the full weight of our life every opinion people have said about us that we know of every rumor every lie every joke every every moment whether it's good he wants all of it that's what closeness looks like to him to where we give it all yesterday in the in the morning I said God this is what I even said God I'm nervous about this 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 I'm nervous that they're going to say this this this. I'm nervous that this could happen that's what true worship looks like where you're that closeness that one-on-one, where I'm not, I'm not withholding anything. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not saying, God, it probably could be a, a good day, but I, I, it could be a bad day. But I believe it's gonna be good. No, no, no. I'm saying, God, I know what Your Word says, but this is where my heart's at. God, I know what Your Word says, but this is where my mind's at. Lord, I know what You've spoken to me through my parents or through my grandparents or through through different ministers, but right now, this is what's going on. Lord, right now I'm leaning in on you with all this. With all this. Why? Because you're my Abba. Why? Because I belong to you. Like no no words could be more truer. You are my Abba. I belong to you. I didn't have to do anything to get it either. You're just that good. You're just that good. You're so good, Lord, I worship you. That's why, that's why I couldn't wait to sing that song. Why? Because as we're talking about becoming a person of worship, becoming people of worship, we're not saying uh, as we become people of worship, we're becoming people that sing songs. No, 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 no. We're becoming, when God says, I-, I desire people of worship, he's saying, I desire people that lean on me with the full amount of their weight. I desire people that, that become close, that-, that intimate close, as if we could kiss that that close, face to face face-to-face. Face. And I don't know about you, but I get a, I get uncomfortable when I'm in the store, and it was before COVID, but I get uncomfortable when I'm standing in the line and somebody's like right there, you know. I was I was away from mom and dad, so I could do a lot of stuff that i get away with, you know, because I wasn't with them, but people be that close, and I'll just be like this. I look at the floor. Uh-huh. Eventually, they kind of get the hit. They back up. Miranda's like, you wilded. <laughs> Or I just, or I, or if they get super close, you know, low key, you know, if the boys weren't with me, I could. But the boys, I had to be, I had to be mild, and, and I had to be right. But if the boys weren't with me. I'd just be like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were that close. Sorry, sorry." You know, and then they back up. <laughs> so I'm not, a, I'm not physically. I'm not a person that likes people being close to me. I, I like my space. I like my independency. But spiritually, God is saying, "I desire that closeness with us." That closeness. Lindsay, why do you keep saying that closeness? Why do you keep saying that? Because I I want to hammer it in that that's God's desires for us to be close with him, for us to lean, to trust, to rely, depend on God. See, when you rely on people on this side of eternity, we said earlier, you will never be satisfied. You will never be satisfied when we rely on people on this side of eternity to fulfill what only God could fulfill. Uh, there is a songwriter, um, he penned these words, and we know it because I remember singing part of it as a kid. But, you know, this songwriter, he said, put your hand in the hand of the man that, that what, could walk on water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that could calm the seas. Take a look at yourself. Uh, what is it? And you can look at others differently. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I always thought, oh, that was cool, and we turn up, we clap to it, and we sing to it. But I never realized that it was more of a reminder for us. It was a reminder that when you go to work tomorrow that you need to put that situation, you need to put work in the hands of the man that can walk on water. Fast forward, if you don't know who that man is, it is Jesus. He is the express image of God, let alone we should be putting our problems, we should be putting our mountains, our victories, we should put them in the hands of God, because guess what? They're only because of God we have victories. We shouldn't just, it's so easy, to only, okay, we got a problem, let me go to God. No, 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 all of it. If If it's a victory, put it in the hands of God. If it's a problem, put it in the hands of God. If it's in between, put it in the hands of God. If it's something, put it in the hands of God. When we wake up in the morning, we should, we should automatically, Lord, thank you, so, thank you, good morning. You don't have to be super proper. I'm not super proper. I get up, God, thank you, good morning. Or there's, there's some time I wake up in the morning, I go straight to the bathroom, I'm sitting on the, and I'm like, ah, all right, these kids, they're going to wake up soon. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for my kids. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for my sister. And I'm like, all right, God, you know my heart. You know I don't want to be up so i give this to you and i receive your grace to do this just that simple just that i'm honest i'm not i'm not the thou thus henceforth therefore no i'm just honest say god this is i know what you've done thank you for what you've done this is where my heart's at help me get to where it needs to be you, help me get to where it needs to be Praise god. help me get to where and, and it's not always automatic it's not going to be the moment that you that you pray instantly you'll be like you're gonna be all better and Ready to prophesy and change the world. It may be a few minutes. It may be an hour. Maybe a couple hours. It may be midday. By midday, you're like you're at work and the boss is saying something, and you just feel this. You just feel this rising up. Like, all right, I can do this. I can listen to her. I can listen to him now. I can. It's never instant, but if the 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 goal is just to open the door and allow him to come in. Amen. The goal is for us to open the door and to allow him to come in. So but we worship God not by uh, we worship God by not just giving him a song to sing but we we give him the full weight of our lives the full weight of our lives the full weight of our lives. I want to I want to read uh, John 4. I want to read it in the mirror translation verse 20. I want to read the verse 24 cuz I read verse 23 but verse 24 God is a spirit and not a holy mountain or a sacred city with man-made shrines. Return to your source. The Father is our true fountainhead. We are not, listen to this, we are not defined by our physical birth, nor domestic life, nor history, nor culture, or religion. And the reason that's powerful is because I'm somebody that I love my history. I love my background. Like whenever we lived in East Tennessee and even when we lived in Florida, it, there, there was never at least one or two days in the week where I wasn't either wearing one of Dre's band shirts or, or the color red why because i was proud of my town i was proud of my high school as flawed as it was i was proud of my time i was proud of where i came from i had pride in that to the point that it, it spilled over into my apparel or when people ask me to choose the color automatically i say red like why it's no choice like red heads down why are we talking about? why are we debating we don't need a focus group pick red red wins and people be like why red you know And I would say, well, it's my favorite color once, the color of my high school and middle school. But if you really, then, you know, it's the color of Jesus and the blood was shed, you know. That's when you get them and they're like, okay, we choose red, you know. But, you know, the author, he's saying that, that our source isn't found in where we came from. Our, our identity, uh, what defines us is not found in our history. And that's hard for me because I'm like, I know my history. I know the, the lineage that I come from. This church is founded in our history. This church is founded by family members. But at the end of the day, that's great. But at the end of the day, you, who you are, mm, who you are is found in the one that was shed on the cross. Who you are is founded in the one that split the seas in order for the nation of Israel to come through. Who you are is founded in the one that, that gave David the strength to slay the, uh, slay the giant. Who you are founded in, your identity traces back to God. Thank you, Lord. And the reason I say that is because if we know whose we are, then we won't fall for anyone or anything. That's right. I'm going to close with that. But if, if we know whose we are, we won't fall for anyone or anything but the goal of today is for us to understand that worship is not just a song worship is not just a song worship is you leaning into god or leaning on to god worship is that closeness god. so yeah when we start the service we uh, really what we're saying is or really what i'm saying is we're going to take this moment of getting close to god by singing but i encourage you when you go home today find ways to worship god find ways to get close to him whether it's singing whether it's whether it's reading a scripture and just focusing on that one verse, I have I have found because with my busy schedule, I have found the I've started challenging myself just to read one verse and uh, and read it, reread it, reread it until like not until you can quote it, but until it's it's I think about it with my eyes closed. You know, because when I'm driving down the road, I'm always thinking of a song or thinking of a, a funny movie scene or, or a scenario that happened in high school or whatever. Because we could be, me and Kelsey be driving the road and I'll see a certain place and I'm like, oh, let me tell you a story. And I, I think of those things, but I've started challenging myself that if I'm going to read, I want to at least find one verse to the point that I can reread it, reread it until I can see it with my eyes closed. Jesus. Until it becomes close with me. I challenge you to get close with God, not just by singing a song. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with singing, sing, if that's what's going to bring you close, if that's what's going to carry you close to him. But whether that's turning off the TV, you know, the point of fasting is to, uh, fasting is a part of worship. It's, It's not that we're compelling God to do what we need or compelling God to do his will. No, no, no. God, God's heart is set fasting is for us. Fasting is, is it's, it's clearing out the clutter. It's cleaning out the clutter. It's turning down the static or the white noise so we can hear what he's always been saying all along. But I encourage you, find opportunities to get close with him. Now listen, let's say God is on the other end of this pew right here. He's already, Jesus has already paved the way for him to get close. He's just waiting on that opportunity. He's just waiting for us to open that door into our life. So he can walk with us, so he can talk with us, so he can remind us who we truly are. And I love the the psalmist, he said, what a joy it is. There's joy when we walk and talk with him, when we hear his voice. There's true joy. I'm not saying there's happiness. I'm saying there's true joy because joy is a posture of the heart. Happiness is just a, a fleeting emotion. I get happy when I eat red velvet cake. I get joy when I think about all that he's done for me. I have peace. I have freedom when I think about all he's done for me. But find opportunities to, for, for you to get close, for you to say, okay, let me open this door so, so what God wants to do can happen in my life. That closeness. That closeness. Because, see, Henderson County, the, the town of Lexington, yes, they are in need of God. But they're, the way they're going to discover God is by, by finding people that are close to God. Finding people that are close to God. Closeness is God's desire for your life. Yes, God desires for you to drive a car that doesn't break down. Yes, God desires for you to live in a house that is big enough for you, your friends, your mama and me, family, all that. But his ultimate desire is just closeness. Closeness. Somebody say closeness. Your challenge this week is to find, to create an opportunity to get close with God. Whether that's prayer, worship, reading, meditating on his word, meditating on the good. Medi- think, of a, think of something he's done for you in the past and meditate on that. Jesus. My favorite is just saying, okay, God, I know who you are. I know what's I know what you're requiring of me. This is where I'm at. Will you bridge the gap? Will you bridge the gap? Lord, this is the type of husband I know I'm supposed to be. I need you to bridge the gap. This is the type of father I know I'm supposed to be. You're going to have to bridge the gap because these kids are these kids. Lord, this is the type of employee that my employer is asking of me, and I can't—you're I, going to have to bridge the gap. Lord, this is the type of person that you want me to be. I need you to bridge the gap. True worship is face-to-face. So when we say, I worship, Lord, we're saying— I I want face to face, come face to face with me, come lockstep with me and everything that's in between, remove it. When we're saying, I worship you, Lord, everything that's in between, everything that's, that's holding up face to face interaction, face to face encounter, remove it. When you say, I worship Lord, remove what's in the middle, remove what's in the middle. Because not only is he the alpha and the Omega, not only is he the beginning and end, guess what? He's the God in the middle. He's the God of the journey. Yes. He's in all of it. Yes. I told you it was going to be super simple, super short. Why? Because closeness, closeness, closeness is his desire. That's what he wants. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said in John 4, 23 and 24, God desires a people of worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, I remember in Bible college, and I said I was going to close, but I remember my Bible, in Bible college, my mentor described uh, when Jesus said uh, that God desires people to worship in spirit and in truth. When we worship in the spirit, when we sing songs in the spirit, you know, your spirit man your spirit man doesn't get hungry. See, Lindsay needs coffee. Lindsay needs that, that tea. I can't wait to drink it in a minute. But my spirit man, it don't need coffee. My spirit man don't need bacon. It don't need Hershey bars. It don't need red velvet ice cream, which is a fabulous thing, all right. But my spirit doesn't need that. My flesh wants it. My flesh needs those things to be the the Lindsay that you see. But my spirit doesn't need that. Lindsay, what is, why are you saying that? Well, when we worship out of the spirit, we are. We're, when Jesus said that God desires people that worship in spirit and truth, God desires people that can that can desire that closeness, that can have that closeness, and not be affected by temporal things not be affected by lack of caffeine or not be affected by who said this or who said what or who is wearing this or who's wearing that or who's here or who's not here. What true worship looks like that, we can have that closeness with God and not worry about what's going on around us. Not worry about if if this kid is doing this or if that, and I'm speaking to myself. But true worship isn't affected by the surroundings. The battle's already won. The battle's already won. We're already surrounded by the Lord. Everything else around you has to catch up. God's already won the battle. Everything else is just having to play catch up. Our minds are just having to play catch up to what God has already accomplished, what God has already achieved at the cross. Ephesians 1, 3, we have already been given everything in heavenly places. Every heavenly gift, every heavenly, he's already given it to us through his son, Jesus. Everything else is just now catching up. And as it's catching up we are getting closer and closer to god and as we're getting closer and closer to god the grip that the world has on our hearts the 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 insecurities the things that people have done to hurt us that gets less and less i'm not saying that people going forward people are not going to hurt you because we live in a fallen world where people will hurt you but what i'm saying is when that hurt comes it won't have it won't have room to attach itself to you why because you're getting closer and closer to god that that's all you see All you see is his sovereignty. All you see is his goodness. All you see is his faithfulness. So when we say, I worship, we're saying, I I," close this. That's what I desire. Lord, thank you so much for today.